Well, welcome to another edition of the Destination Polaris podcast. I am your host, Jared Christie. Today's podcast is brought to you by Rugged Radios, in-car communication, car-to-car communication, Bluetooth music, whatever your communications might be, Rugged is always there to help you out finding the right product for your machine. Rugged Radios, the authority in communication. Well, speaking of communication, there are so many ways to communicate these days. And one of the best ways to do that on your ride is through Ride Command. So with that in mind, please welcome to the show, Joe Nuxall, the Design Director and Chief Software Architect of Ride Command. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jared. It's a huge honor to be back on the show. Um, I think I told you last time, I love your television show. I have watched every single episode more than once. Um, so getting a chance to talk to you is a, is a really big thrill for me. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And, and uh, let me let me start by saying uh, you have a very long-winded title, my friend. <laughs> I do. You know, and the, the chief software architect part was just recently added as we're getting, we'll, we'll talk more about it today. Um, we're getting a lot more into connected vehicles. So it's important for the different software organizations in our very large company to have systems talking to each other really well so the so the app works right and the vehicle connectivity works right and all these things work right so i'm not personally architecting everything i'm just making sure all of our different architects are talking to each other so that these systems work as well as you want what joe is saying is he's the puppet master he's pulling all that's the that's pretty fair that's fair <laughs> joe so how, long have, been, how long have you been side definitely on the been with ride command now uh so i i started polaris about seven years ago um just right, almost exactly. And we have been maniacally upgrading the digital part of the riding experience since then. In, in vehicle, on the app, and the, the ride parts of the website. Now, it's been a year, year and a half since we last had you on the show. And there are, mm-hmm. my gosh, so many new updates and features with Ride Command that I'm not sure where to begin. <laughs> well, that's fair. There, we when we're designing these features, we we think of three screens. So there is the in-vehicle display, obviously, and that's on-road and off-road, and you know the snow stuff, the boat stuff. We're we're doing all these different designs on the vehicle, but then we have mobile companion apps. You know, it used to be called the Ride Command app. I think last time we talked, but we've moved those all to be brand names. So there's the Polaris app, the Indian Motorcycle app, the Slingshot app. Um, and others. And then we also have the website where there's the the regular website where you buy products, but then there's the ride command part of the reps, website where you plan your rides, you share the rides you've already done to our community and out to social media. And you can see things like 3D flyovers. So all three of those screens, we've done major updates since we last talked. Yeah, <laughs> and, and we've included the whole new set of features called Ride Command Plus, which is the connected vehicle set of things that we're just starting with. Oh my gosh. So where do we start? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I think pick one of the three screens. So I'll, I'll start on the vehicle. Um, okay. On, on the off-road and snow stuff, we've had two pretty major, at least I'll start on the off-road. We've had two pretty major updates since we last talked. In July of 2022, we added the, the ability to do group ride messaging, including help alerts. So when you're out on the trail with the ride command display on your vehicle, you can not only see where your friends are that you're riding with, whether you're in or out of cellular range, it works, works both. And you can also message each other. 
including this new feature called Help Alert, where if you're in trouble, you can just turn the Help Alert status on and everyone in your ride group will see you. They'll get a notification that you need help and they'll see a pulsing icon um, of where you are in the map. And, and there's tools in the display to help you get to where that person is, including how did they get there as opposed to just where are they, but what track did they take to get to where they are? Now so, I have a couple questions within that. Sure. Being in or out of cellular range, that's got to be key because, you know, when that's huge. we're out <laughs> filming and gone, my wife will be, I haven't heard from you all day. And I was like, I don't have any cell service. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're working on that. Um, it's really complicated the way we've built group ride, but we did it in a way to make it seamless to users. Obviously, I mean, that's, that's the, obviously the ultimate goal. But if you have a tethered cellular connection, on the vehicle, it's actually using the internet and using the cloud to synchronize communications between um, everyone in that ride group. Um, but the minute anybody from that ride group moves out of cellular range, we have built into the vehicles now what we call V2V radio, which is our own custom radio protocol that we developed and, and patented, of course, um, that replicates most of that data traffic over I mean, pretend it's super high-speed Morse code between the vehicles over radios on the vehicles. So they're doing a data connection to broadcast their current location, their heading, their speed, their fuel level, like all these different things in a, a round-robin fashion between all the vehicles as a backup to the cellular connectivity. So if you move out of cell range, the feature still works exactly the same. doesn't matter. But if you have one of your participants is cellular only, like they're using the the Polaris app, they lose connectivity to those people because that obviously that app doesn't have access to the radio hardware that's on the vehicles themselves. So hopefully that made sense. It's yeah, basically, it just, was, it just you know, works. You're, you're talking and I realize, <laughs> I think my head's going to hurt after I'm done talking to Joe. That's probably why we Fair only enough. talk once a year because I need to like all that time to like soak everything in. Well, all you need to know <laughs> is it just works. That's it's sort right. of the point. You go out there, create a ride group, super easy and go riding. And it just, it just works. You can see where your friends are. You can communicate with them. And if you're in trouble, you can raise a flag for a help alert and they will all can get to you. I, I remember Joe being out on a, a media event when sort of ride command was just being launched in that mm -hmm. five, six, seven years ago range. And, uh, um, thinking that like, man, this is going to be, you know, so, so cool. And so much, uh, of it was, but gosh, it's come a long ways since then. It really has. I feel in, in some ways, I honestly feel like we've changed writing. Group ride is probably the most significant feature. Like you don't get worried out on the trail. You don't have to sit in the dust of the person you're following. You can lay back and let the dust settle. And you can see right on the map where they are, including their track for how they got where they are. And if they go around a corner, you go around, the, you know, take a, take a turn, you take that turn when you get there. And when you're out in the snow, same story, you can just go, I do a lot of deep snow stuff. So we're out in meadows and on the side of a mountain just go carve and do your own thing. And when you want to go meet up with the other folks, you just glance down at the map and go back to where they are, as opposed to having to go to a high point, turn your engine off and listen to see where they are. I try to explain you know, to my son who's 14 and will be driving here at some point that yeah. directions weren't always in my phone. 
<laughs> you know, it was no like doubt. there were things called maps and then there was map quest. And I feel like that's sort of like what riding was before when you'd go on a ride. It's like, okay, we're going here. Everyone try to stay close so we don't lose anybody. Right. You just don't have to worry about it anymore. It's it's such a difference. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So that was back in July. And then you guys made some more improvements. And, yeah, there's uh, tons more. So I'll, I'll just rip through a couple. One, map screen configurable gauges. So if you're on the map screen, we found just looking at statistics of usage, pretty much everybody sits on the map screen all day long. That's just yeah. where you hang out when you're in any sort of off-road thing. And there's certain things that you want to know from the gauges screen. So we added a feature to be able to <clears throat> configure and put gauges right on the bottom corner of that map screen for you to look at if you need, like you know, temperature on a snowmobile, for example. Um, we updated plow mode, um, works a little bit better with the new Ranger, Ranger and Generals, and just lots of other bug fixes in that July release. And then in November, we added public and private land areas where all, right on the display, you can turn that layer on and you can see, again, this requires an internet connection. So you have to have a basically a tethered phone to see this because it's loading it dynamically. But if you're out hunting or something, you can see who owns the land that you're on or that you're trying to get to just to know if it's a safe place to go or for whatever reason you want to. But hunters love that stuff. Yeah, no um, doubt. Yeah. Um, and we added group ride messaging now across um, hybrid groups. So it works with the phones, not just on V2V, but it works with the phone and the cellular connected stuff too. You can message back and forth. You can even have a friend back at home on their phone, you know, flipping you crap over messaging while you guys are out on the trail on your group, as long as you're within a cellular range to do that. Um, and those are, those are some of the big things that we added to the display software since we last talked. But there's a hundred other features still, you know, before. <laughs> Where do those um, ideas to uh, innovate, move things forward, make improvements, changes come from? Quite a, a mixed bag. I mean, we talk to lots and lots of customers. Um, we have a whole customer insights group that does a great job with that. My my team, I force them, and I you know air quotes force them to ride all the time. I think it's really important for a product design team to know the product intimately. So we we ride a lot and we talk to a lot of people and we have whole uh, vehicle groups at the company that their job is to collect information from customers about what they love and don't love. And they go out to the ranch and watch them use vehicles and find out what we what we need to do to make it better. And that all kind of gets synthesized in these product designs that we float to the product teams and try to get get them prioritized to get built by our awesome software teams. Like I have to mention that too. Our hardware and software teams are phenomenal and they're all over the place. We have a lot of people involved in this. Oh my goodness. Now, how does it how does it work? Kind of walk me through the steps. I I'm gonna go out on a on a group ride and I wanna set up the the ride for the the day and then share it with everybody on the ride. What's the process to do that? It's as simple as we could possibly make it. So any any person in your ride group, doesn't matter who does it. In fact, it doesn't matter if more than one person does it, just goes and clicks on group ride, which is on, on the map screen in that little more menu from the bottom. You click on group ride and you click right when you click on that, you'll see any nearby groups that are broadcasting their existence. If you don't see the group that you're trying to join and you're the person going to create one, you just click on create ride group button and you give it a name. 
You can optionally give it a, a four-digit PIN code if you want it to be you know, somewhat private. You just tell the people that you're near what the actual PIN code is for your group name. You would call it like Jared's Awesome Group. And, you know, That's what it, I would call it, so that makes of sense. Of course you Go would. Ahead. Yeah, yep. <laughs> or, or DP, something yep. like that. Yep. Um, and then just by having created that group, everybody else's display will automatically show it in the list of nearby groups because that vehicle's nearby. They don't have to do anything. They just see, oh, there's DP or Jared's awesome group. And they tap on it and that's it. They're now in the group. They can customize their name and their color, um, which, you know, is it whatever they have set up for their vehicle. And that's it. it it's once you've done that, it just automatically does all the, the work to put everybody together. And you, the person that created a group, will see these people appearing on your map screen as they're joining it. So I don't have to sit ride. at home on my computer and look things up and no. you know, do a bunch <laughs> of research. No, definitely not. We we tried to make it as simple as possible. And if I had to explain the complexity happening in the radio protocol behind the scene, it would blow your mind. But you know, we there are a lot of iterations and a lot of work on this to make it as easy as possible for customer. I can imagine, Joe, the, the fun part. You know, there's obviously some some it's you know, technology, so there's always challenges. I would imagine, but oh yeah, the the fun part of your job was innovations and updates and giving the the riders, um, you know, what they're asking for. Yeah, and you know, it's funny you say job. I feel like I stopped working about seven years ago. I honestly love this stuff. I love to ride. That is my passion. I race cars and I do power sports stuff. Like that's what I do. And these are features that we, that I want, that we want. Like, I want to see where my friends are when I'm out riding, so I don't have to worry about them. I want to be able to message them. I want to be able to listen to music. I want to be able to see that I got a phone call and ignore it. You know, I, I, it's not really work. And the technology part is just the skill set that, you know, we working on this have acquired in our career up to this point. But it's, it's absolutely fun to apply all this technology to such a fun thing that brings families together outside. You know, think outside is our slogan. We really mean it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now you are in Silicon Valley. You're in the technology capital of the world and you guys do innovative stuff and high tech stuff. But as I understand it, you've got people working on Ride Command and all your other products not just there, but all over the world. Absolutely all over the world. So I, we, I do run the Silicon Valley um, Design Center. Um, a number of people on my design team are here because we you know, pulled them out of other automotive UI design. This is pretty heavy here in Silicon Valley. But we get up to the mountains and ride a lot. And we ride cross country on motorcycles every year. But we have people in Minnesota. We have people in the Detroit area. We have people in the Portland area. We have people overseas. There's a lot of folks working on this, both from a hardware and software perspective. Obviously, our vehicle teams that design and develop these vehicles are primarily based in the Minnesota area, but the rest of the technology teams, we're all over the place. It's basically, just find the people that love this and hire them. <laughs> would it, yeah, no doubt. Would, would it blow people's mind, Joe, to if they knew um, the amount of people, work, effort, talk research that goes into that little screen that you see on your machine 
It it probably would freak him out. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's a lot. I mean, we we also know that there's way more to do. Like what we have in the vehicle right now is really great and really useful, but we are just scratching the surface. There's so much more that we have planned and designed and in the pipeline to develop with over-the-air software updates or you know download on USB stick. It's just going to keep getting better and better and better. So you don't you don't have to look at it as a snapshot of you know I'm going to buy this vehicle right now and these are the features it has. Nope, those features are going to get better and better and better during the life of you owning that vehicle. I'm sure you guys are paying attention to a lot of things, and obviously feedback from your riders is very important. But you guys also yeah. uh, take cues or ideas from other industries like uh, cars and all the things that are going on with their touchscreens these days. Very much so. So, uh, gotta be, I gotta be careful how much I say this, but <laughs> no, you know, Joe, I, I, this is the deal. You gotta <laughs> say everything. This is a podcast. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. So, yeah. I I came from the automotive industry myself. Um, we, when we were designing some of the automotive things that I've worked on, we did a lot of looking around the industry and seeing what other people were doing in the cockpit of their vehicle, and we took it like a thousand times further. And I, I worked on Tesla on the Model S and the Model X touchscreen. And it was this very aggressive approach. So let's do it totally differently and elevate this cockpit experience beyond what people would have ever expected. And it sort of has motivated the whole industry to move towards these crazy touchscreens with all this stuff going on. I, I feel like we had a lot to do with driving that. So when I came to Polaris seven years ago, it was a similar discussion. We we looked at you know suspension and engine performance and handling and you know ride and handling these are the things that were selling power sports vehicles but like what happened in the automotive industry it's going to become more and more about the cockpit and the digital experience you know you still have to have power and ride and handling like that's super important but the competitive landscape is going to be more uh, influenced by what's happening inside of that cockpit and the digital part so Polaris made a decision really early on, like, let's get really aggressive about making this digital experience as awesome as we possibly can. And I mean, you can see evidence by what we've added to Ride Command over the years. It's very, very different use cases and things that we're trying to solve in a power sports vehicle than you do in a, in a commuter car. Like, I don't care about your commute to and from work at all. That's, <laughs> we, we're not going to do that on our stuff. Maybe we'll do it on like an Indian or a slingshot, but but like a, a razor doesn't need to get you to work. It needs to get airborne and be awesome and, and stuff. So we look at the automotive industry to look at the technologies happening with touchscreens and look at some of the muscle memory that our customers are used to in their automotive environment as a, as a strong influence to us. But we are really solving different problems in our system. So heavy influence, yes, but we're sure as heck not copying that stuff. No, yeah, that makes sense? absolutely, absolutely. I imagine it's it's probably quite important that things work from the outset and that uh, they're able to uh, the vehicles and the programs are able to to talk to one another. Yeah, very very much so. Like we, they all. Uh, you described this like everything needs to work in the easiest way possible. We also I'm going to throw another tidbit in here. People don't drive their power sports vehicle every single day. So we don't have the luxury of muscle memory. 
we, we sort of designed to the rule of thumb that people will ride their vehicle once a month. A lot of people do a lot more than that, but that forces you to make the design as easy to learn the first time as possible. So there's everything's very low hanging fruit to figure out and all the systems have to talk to each other perfectly. So it just works. That's interesting. You say that because obviously we, uh, you know, almost everyone has got a cell phone these days and the, you're on your phone quite often and you're using various features, whether they be navigation or, or apps and things like that, but you're doing it on the regular. You might not ride your vehicle. You know, we're here in Minnesota. If you don't ride your vehicle during the winter time, then it's going to sit for six months and you get back in it and it's like, okay, all right, how did I set up group exactly. rides and how did I set up this feature and that feature? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I got I got to do this again. Exactly. And that, I mean, ideally you don't wait six whole months, but I know that happens in some of the more season uh, affected states, <laughs> like the Midwest. I live mm -hmm. in California, so I, I ride all year round everything. Um, but that's right. Like you don't, when you're using your handheld mobile device, you use it every day, all the time. And you have all these like gestures you do with your finger that you've just sort of memorized for muscle memory. You can't do that kind of UI on a power sports vehicle because, well, first of all, you can't reach down and do gestures without, you know, losing control of the vehicle, but you, you have to have everything really Duplo block obvious for people to be able to just look at it and know what to do as opposed to assuming that they will learn gestures and things over time. What's the best way to, to learn or get familiar with all the features within Ride Command? I mean, the best best is just use it, but I think there are a series of how-to videos that we have up. Um, there's a help center on the website. I personally am not directly involved in those things, but I know that they've built a lot of them. Um, I would go to Polaris.com or go to the Ride Command thing and look at the help videos to just give high-level walkthroughs. I think we do a good job of that. To be honest, I'm not sure if we do a good enough job. Of it. Just just say you do a great job, Joe. <laughs> okay, we do a great job. We do a great We're job. We're amazing at that. But I, <laughs> no, I want to be honest. I, I want to be honest. Like it's it. I'm not responsible for that area, but I very much acknowledge that it's extremely important that we have that, and I assume that we do. Well, so you know, we if if I'm uh, if I'm a person who's buying a vehicle and it comes with Ride Command and I'm not familiar with it, one of my first questions to myself would be like, how do I? familiarize myself with this and is there anywhere I can go to at least watch a couple, obviously you can go to YouTube and things like that, yeah. but I was just curious as to, uh, you know, if there was a place that people could just, you know, learn, learn the basics, you know, get started. And then from yeah. there you can take off on your own. Well, there are, so a couple of things we do ship the vehicles with a quick start guide. Actually, my team does make the quick start guide. So those I'm familiar with, um, there is definitely a website, um, that has a whole help center on the, the account side of the Players website where you can click on a ride command link and it'll show you a bunch of videos and tutorials on things. But I think from my from the design team's perspective, we want you to not need a manual. That's sort of the, the rule of thumb. The problem is there's such a depth and breadth of features that you wouldn't find everything unless you at least had some sort of hint. So I, I mean, it's really good to watch those videos and stuff, but if you just go ride and like start exploring the touchscreen, I think you'll find a lot of stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I thought I heard you mention something called Ride Command Plus. 
Yes. Next massive topic. So <laughs> good plug. All right. If you yes. haven't gone to the fridge and got something to drink, please yeah, go, go ahead. Drink. Now's your time. We'll wait. You go there, yeah. come back, and then, yeah. Fair enough. So probably the most significant thing that's happened in Ride Command since Group Ride, which is um, an older feature now, is we've now introduced Ride Command Plus, which is the, the branding name for our connected vehicle program. So we are manufacturing vehicles now, you know, from here on out that have some level of connectivity. Um, our initial launch here with Ride Command Plus is a factory installed um, Ride Command Plus plug-in device. But then we also have a bunch of um, existing vehicles out there that you can, you can get the Ride Command plug-in device and plug it in. It's made to plug into an ODB2 port in the or a, whatever it is, the equivalent of that in the ORV vehicles and strap down somewhere under the hood. But it, what it does is it brings a GPS and a cellular connection and a connection to the CAN bus of the vehicle so that it unlocks a bunch of really cool features. Um, and I'll just go through some of them. So the first, probably the most important one is a vehicle locator. So you can at any time open your phone app and see where your vehicle is. So if you parked it at your cabin, you can see if it's still at your cabin. Um, and if it were to get bumped or moved, you would get notified that it got bumped and, and moved. And if it's in fact moving right now, because someone is taking it, you can see where it is on the map in a red line from where it was. So this theft prevention thing is probably the most important feature out of those, in, in my opinion. Um, Did that for cars, was that carjack or lowjack? sort of feature back There's, in the day? Well, low jack is that, but also the ability to disable the engine uh -huh. on cars. Uh, okay. um, this is really, it's a, it's a vehicle locator sort of tracking beacon capability. So that's one feature. Um, the next one is since this um, plug-in device, when the vehicle's on, has access to the CAN bus of the vehicle, it's able to record a lot of things over time and send them up to the cloud for you to look at in the app or the website you can see what the miles on your vehicle are and the hours and the fuel level. And so you can open your app and check, do I need to bring some fuel up to the cabin before I go ride or I'm on my way home? Do I have everything I need for my vehicle to be ready to go? Including things also includes things like DTC signals. When you have a, like an error engine error code, it'll send those things straight to your phone um, and, and stuff. So it's sort of bringing all the dynamic vehicle data up to the cloud and down to your device so that you can see what's happening with your vehicle all the time. Um, it includes diagnostics. So the DTC codes, you'll be able to see what you should do or if it's like take to the dealership or just change the spark plug or whatever. Um, and then there's more things like Ride Tracking Plus because this plug-in device has a GPS on it. It's able to detect that an engine started and the vehicle started moving and it will automatically do a ride recording for you. And then when you stop the vehicle and turn it off for, you know, an, an amount of time, it'll automatically publish that ride track to your account and your, you know, your phone buzz and say, Hey, here's your, here's the ride track you just did. And you get stuff like the 3d flyover and all the, the cool post ride stuff automatically. Like you literally don't have to do anything. You just get in the vehicle and go ride it. And it will do all that. It's kind of fun. I, um, I I mean this in the nicest way, but I feel like you can really start to geek out <laughs> on oh, this <man>. stuff. <laughs> you really can. You really, really can. And again, again, this is the tip of the iceberg. Like the amount of stuff we're going to be doing that you will see rolling out from us is it's 
automotive level and beyond because we have such different uh, features that we're building to address use cases that are so different in power sports than they are in automotive. But a couple just tiny bullets on these. So Group Ride Plus is another one. So if you have a vehicle that doesn't have a ride command display in it, you can now use this plug-in device to make that vehicle a member of a group ride. So it'll show up on all, like you could put it on your kid's vehicle. And so they show up as a dot on your screen when, if you have a ride command display or the phone, if you have one of those. Um, but then that vehicle doesn't even need to have a display and it can be a participant in a group ride. So that's group ride plus. Um, maintenance reminders, you know, I mentioned that we're tracking our, for you, we're tracking hours and mileage. So we will automatically trigger and say, hey, it's time for you to get your next maintenance thing. And here's a list of stuff you need to do, et cetera. Um, and then I mentioned location alerts, which is if you have turned a geofence on around your vehicle, you can get notified if it gets bumped or moved and, and help you track it down. Those are just the, the first features of Ride Command Plus. We have tons and tons more as we're developing more vehicles. We're going to be building this technology much much more deep into the vehicle so be able to like wake the vehicle remotely and you know do all the stuff that you can do today in automotive we're bringing that to power sports wow wow that's all very fun um, yeah uh, amazing <laughs> stuff and the ride command plus it's it's relatively new it's very new um i, I am terrible at specific dates because we we've been designing stuff for years so uh, it came out really recently and we are updating over-the-air software updates to add more and more features all the time. So if you go to the Ride Command Plus part of the Ride Command website, it shows you what features are out, which ones are coming soon. Um, but know that what you're looking at is the tip of the iceberg. There's hundreds more features that we're going to be doing, but we're really focusing on a short few that are really high value for people to get excited about, to sign up for Ride Command and activate their vehicles and, and stuff. So all, a lot of these new features, can you find those on the app? Yeah. Um, so that's, I guess, the third surface. So the vehicle and then the, the app and the website. Um, the app and the website basically surface all of these things. So if you open the Polaris app and you have a vehicle in your garage and it's a connected vehicle that has one of these plug-in devices, you can see right on there you know, what the fuel level is, what the battery voltage is, you know, how, how many miles until your next service, you can see where it is on a map and tap on that map and be able to zoom in. Um, if your vehicle is currently in a ride, you know, either you're riding or someone else is riding, you can look right there and it will show you that you currently have a ride and how many miles and how long has it been. And you can uh, participate in the messaging in that ride group and all that stuff right in the app. Um, I mentioned land information earlier. That's all surfaced on the app and the website as well. Um, and then another major new feature that we did on the app and the website is ride planning for off-road. So we've had on-road ride planning for a long time, which uses a like a turn-by-turn -turn navigation engine to do like what, what any nav system would do. But for off-road, it's not so simple. You know, you don't have streets and stoplights and things. You have a trail network, and so we have built a whole ride planning package both on the app and the website that allows you to use our all of our trail data which is sourced from club managers sort of globally like we we have a pretty heavy network of trail stuff um, and your own ride tracks so if you've gone and done a ride through a segment of trails that you really love 
you can leverage your own ride tracks to automatically snap a route plan to the tracks that you've already created and to the trails that exist in the system. So it makes it really easy to plan an awesome ride. And then you can publish that directly to the vehicle or export it to the community or share it with your friends, either, you know, to their ride command accounts or, you know, via USB stick and put it straight on the vehicles and then follow those tracks as you go. Joe, how many nights do you have ride command in your dreams when you're sleeping? Uh, I don't know that I sleep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to, be, to be honest, this is going to sound so cheesy, but it, in a lot of ways, seven years ago, I stopped working and this, this is what I think about all the time because I really love it. I really enjoy doing it. I love bringing high technology in a very polished, easy to use aesthetic to the power sports industry because I'm making my free time better. Um, so I, I think about it all the time. I, I sleep pretty damn well. So I don't, I don't think, uh, I may not dream about it all the time, <laughs> but I, <laughs> but I enjoy what I'm doing. That's for sure. Well, I, I think your passion comes through, uh, when you're talking about it for sure. Cool. Now, if I don't have ride command plus, how do I get it? Um, I think it's as simple as going to the website and clicking. If you go to ridecommand.players.com, there's on the main navigation, there's a link that says Ride Command Plus. It'll tell you all about it. And I think there's a really easy way just to order it. Okay. Um, as in it, it has a list of vehicles that it's compatible with yet. You know, emphasis on yet. We're, we're just going through and qualifying as many of the vehicles as we can. But you want to make sure we've tested them without, you know, wait till it's on the list. Um, or you can, a lot of our new vehicles come with it pre-installed. So it's, it's sort of something that's rolling out. And as technology progresses, which believe me, it is, we will have much deeper integration straight into the vehicles. It's just, you know, one of the guts of the vehicle itself. So it won't be a plug-in device. It'll be a part of the vehicle. Now, I know we spent a lot of time talking about the off-road component, but this Mm -hmm. transfers over some of it to snow and, uh, Indian and slingshot as well. Absolutely. You know, and boats, but we won't, won't go yeah. deep into boats right now, but yeah, the, all of this stuff, ride command plus is also available on Indian and slingshot. Um, we used to refer to it as a connected services subscription. We just call all of that stuff ride command plus now. Um, so essentially your, uh, search, your internet based search, your weather conditions and traffic conditions, all that stuff on the, on-road side is rolled into this Ride Command Plus subscription, but that also includes these same app features of where is my bike right now, and you know what's the fuel level, and all 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 the same kind of features all apply on motorcycle as well. I should say on-road because Slingshot is not a motorcycle. As we right, know. right. My <laughs> goodness, what is the? You guys are you know we're talking about things that came out in July and November and recently. Mm-hmm when you guys are preparing to launch new features on ride command, what's that process like and how long are you guys spending on some of these? I got to be careful because uh, <laughs> some, some longer than others, it really yeah. depends on so many different factors. I, w- I want to make sure I say we have phenomenally good software teams and really good QA teams and vehicle validation teams. And we have really good marketing teams so there's a, a pretty heavy coordination between how do we want to message these things? How do we want to roll them out? What terminology do we want to use? 
Um, and then what timing do you want to use? And a lot of times, since you know Polaris is traditionally a vehicle manufacturing company, we try to time things with vehicle launches, but we don't have to. Like a lot of these features stand on their own, but there's a big, you know, push when a new vehicle launch comes out, and it's a really easy thing to attach a lot of marketing and press around the technology bits. So you'll see when we launch new vehicles, you'll see a, a splash about a lot of these um, new features, but don't don't make that think don't make hmm, don't let that make you think <laughs> that features only come out with vehicles. We are constantly releasing features. You're just going to see a lot more marketing when a vehicle comes out. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And now, Joe, you mentioned a few times about you know there's so much coming down down the pipeline, and I know you can't talk about some of those things because they'll they'll happen eventually. But maybe you can just kind of in a in a broad sense talk about the the vision or the future of of Ride Command. Sure. Um, I think you're you're actually seeing a lot of it now because I I wrote a white paper seven years ago that describes what you're seeing now, and it is coming to fruition. So I'm, I'm ecstatic at this point in time at this so company. Are you saying you have a crystal ball and tell me the Powerball <laughs> numbers? That would be awesome. <laughs> I would love to do that. I would, yeah. you know, what's weird is if I won the Powerball, I'd probably still work. I know <laughs> you would. This, I know at least I... at this job. But, um, I, what you're seeing now is a really good indicator of what's coming. So just think of connected vehicle, super important. What things could you do with an app? and a website around planning a ride or planning some work. Remember, we, we also do utility and work. And then what could you do with all this technology on the vehicle and how could you leverage that information? I'll give you some silly, fun hints. Um, this is a four, four statement and I cannot commit or deny, you know, whatever, whatever the, the legal jargon is. Okay, play um, and record right now. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so imagine... If you're riding down a trail and we are looking at all, you know, as, as aggregate data, the people riding down every trail all the time, like there's all this data going on and we start to notice something that people normally were doing 40 to 50 miles an hour on this trail. And now all of a sudden, a lot of people are slowing down a whole bunch and taking a left and going around this thing. What if we had a way to data analyze that and realize that there's a washout or there's a tree down or something like that? So the next person coming by gets a pop-up on the screen that says, you know, danger, tree down ahead, or something like that. All just by leveraging the volume of data and aggregate learning information you can get from these systems. So you don't have to do the ways thing where you say, I see a, a tree down. It just figures it out based on change in patterns over large aggregate data. So I feel like when I'm driving... And, uh, you know, there might be a, a stalled vehicle or accident ahead. It'll say hazard ahead on my, on my phone, on my navigation. Mm -hmm. feels like that's what you're saying. Effectively. It's, it's yeah. a use of that kind of data, which is very, very common now in automotive. So imagine that, but applied to power sports. You know, it'd probably be the same thing on an Indian or slingshot because it's really on the road and it sort of shares the ecosystem with current automotive. Yep. Um, but in off-road stuff, there's a lot, there's less of that infrastructure. And we, you know, people are tracking rides and have been tracking rides for many years now. 
using that live data in aggregate form to make important decisions to inform people about things is a is a great use of connected vehicles. And it would be really unique for us in a, in a power sports space because we're just literally riding in a different place than cars are. Here's a question I have for you. And mm-hmm. I don't know if the statement is correct or if there's an answer to it, but does AI have any role in what you guys do or the future of what you guys do? Very, very, very. Um, whew, I got to be careful here too. So <laughs> there's many, many so I feel like you're always tap flavors. dancing with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, this is the problem. In, in my role, we are constantly working on stuff that's quite a ways out. Um, but yeah, AI is a really big deal. Really big deal. There's language models like chat chat gpt which i'm sure you've seen or heard about that can make a regular discussion with your user manual something that feels like you're talking to a person you don't have to read the manual and comprehend it you can talk to an entity that has already read the manual and comprehends it and knows how to speak so you can just have a discussion and learn what it is you need to to fix because the Something like ChatGTP or, and, or an AI entity that understands language models can grok a manual really, really well and explain your problem in simple terms based on your simple term describing the problem you're having. So that's one big area, service and uh, communicating any, any knowledge base about the vehicles or trails and things via a, an AI chat engine. That's one area. Another area is, like I mentioned earlier, doing AI analysis of anomalies in large data sets, like finding a washout just by noticing that people are braking and turning. You know, in this spot and this spot that are thousands of miles apart and happening concurrently, because an AI can grok all of that at the same time and correlate it with satellite data that may have changed. You know, it, there's so much stuff you can do with that to analyze massive amounts of data. Um, so those are, those are two examples. There's also lots of AI visual stuff we can do where you use um, visual inputs and analyze things based on understanding what things are and detect that there's a tree down from a camera before a person sees it. You know, I know, those Joe, are, Joe, we've talked... Those are things. Those are things. <laughs> we've talked off-road, on-road, and, and uh, if you haven't got a chance and I'm not sure every vehicle comes with these through players adventures, but even if you just want to get out and, and do a ride this spring or the summer or this fall, uh, check out players adventures and, and your neck of the woods, see what they have to offer and get out there and, and, and start by just going for a ride. And, and if they do have a ride command, you can test it out through that, but there's locations to do that all over the country and including out there, in California, Joe, where we we do a fair amount of filming and and writing, but where you're located, there isn't a a ton, unless I'm mistaken. No, you're not mistaken. Silicon Valley is a not a great place for off road. It is a awesome place for motorcycles, though. So we have some of the best motorcycle riding I think in the world. Um, not in the valley itself, but if you go just outside the valley, there's all you know the mountains to Santa Cruz. It's phenomenal. But we usually will throw snowmobiles or off-road vehicles up and take them up to Tahoe in a in a trailer or something. Yep. Yep. But your point about adventures, I I kind of want to double down on that. Even my team, we do uh, we ride a lot, but we do a quarterly adventures ride together somewhere in the world. 
um, they're awesome. They're the whole deal with Polaris Adventures is they have the latest best machines. And then each year they get the new latest best machines. That's why you want to use Polaris Adventures instead of another outfitter. And all the ones we've done do have ride command. I think there was one time when they didn't, but they had a big apology story about it. So we, you, you totally have all this latest tech when you go out and try those things. Joe, I feel like if you didn't do your job, you'd take my job. No way, man. <laughs> I, I love watching your stuff. And I, Jared, I really want to go on a ride with you someday. Yes. Any, yeah. I didn't make a note while we were talking about um, <laughs> doing something like that, especially where it's maybe, you know what we should do? Um, Joe is, is set up like a, like a really cool, like sort of techie ride sometime. Obviously the location is going to be, um, anywhere good anywhere, but just to really sort of, I will show up. Okay. Period. I will be there. (laughs) Cause that has been on my mind about doing, uh, and it may have stemmed from the last time we talked, but really just doing a, a techie ride someplace and, and, uh, go where, where, when you have done your, Polaris adventures or, 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 uh, team rides. Where's a couple of places that you've gone that really stuck out in your mind? Yeah, we've been all over the place. I mean, we were just in the North shore of Lake Superior a couple of weeks ago. We did a, a two day snowmobile ride up in those trails and it was phenomenal. Hmm. It actually made us come up with some new, uh, feature ideas for group ride, which we'll be adding. Um, we had some really good rides around, uh, in the Denver area. Um, what is that, that hill climb, that really famous hill climb that people do and Pikes peak so yeah. it was near, near Pikes peak, that, uh, forest area is really, really nice. And we did a bunch of stuff there. In fact, that's the photo I'm going to send you for this podcast of me and the team up on top of a rock somewhere near Pikes peak. Um, those, those are good ones, but I mean, I love, I love Glamis. That's my favorite place in the world. I like any sort of deserty stuff where you can really open it up and go actually fast. <laughs> awesome. How's uh, the snowpack up in Tahoe this year? I heard it's been insane. It's pretty awesome. I yeah. have not yet been, but a um, couple of people on my team have been up already and I'm planning to go up this next week. Um, but apparently it's huge base and it's starting to dump the next couple of days. So we should oh have gosh. a lot more. Oh my gosh. Yeah, That's always the fun thing snows. about Tahoe. Tahoe can just get, feet yeah. of snow when it, it's the right conditions yeah and it's deep powder snow it's like it's the proper snowmobiling snow i love trails they're great but people that haven't done deep snow it's almost unrelated it's it is so awesome to ride deep snow well joe i'm definitely going to hit you up for an idea for next season's uh filming and we'll get together get you out there and uh you can just uh melt my brain with all your ride command uh, information <laughs> well ideally jared we just go ride i know like ride command supposed to get out of the way and just make <laughs> it more fun so i think you'd be just fine you just have okay. a nice ride <laughs> fair fair enough fair enough well right. joe i appreciate the conversation it's always fun and a good time and uh you are a uh tremendous wealth of knowledge man thank you i i appreciate the opportunity to talk to you jared i as i said i'm a huge fan and uh, I hope people enjoy this. Absolutely. Go absolutely. Riding. Go right. That's house, absolutely right. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Well, Joe, appreciate it again. And uh, we will, uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Today's episode of the Destination Players podcast was brought to you by Quad Boss. They make super dependable parts, whether you're a rancher, rider, farmer, or a hunter. They want to make your work feel like 
play. If you want to depend on your machine to do the job and Quad Boss offers the parts to do that with tires, starters, axles, and a ton of accessories, everything you need to keep you going to get the job done, Quad Boss. And of course, Rockford Fosgate, if you want to upgrade your audio system or you've been thinking about getting a new audio system, Rockford has you covered from stage one all the way up to stage six kits. Rockford takes your audio to the next level. Well, I appreciate uh, you joining us today and hopefully you've learned a little something I know I did and be sure be sure to turn ah, and be sure to tune in again next time as we have some new product launch information. Should be super exciting. That's it. Be sure to download and like us where you listen to your podcast and we'll talk to you again soon. <laughs>